Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wow. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy monday to you february 5th 2024 this is kentucky roll call on big x sports radio 96.1 fm 1450 am tj walker justin kalen nick roush will be here probably after the the first segment so just scoot and myself to get you started on this monday morning hope you had a great weekend and your week is off to a, a decent start. I am tired to get going today. I'll, I'll, I'll wake up. I'm waking up. And we'll, we'll put on the best show we can for you, given the updates of this weekend. Very newsworthy. Not the weekend we were looking for, but plenty to to get to. Justin Kalen, how are you? I am good. A little worried about your sound. You kind of sound like Nick Rouse this morning, so... Hopefully you can adjust some things on your end, make it make it happen for us. But overall, no, I'm pretty good. I, I got significant amount of sleep this weekend. It was a good weekend overall. Um, I mean, I, I had a better weekend than the Cats. That's that's one thing I can say for sure. So I did get to watch the first half of that game. I checked out for the second half. I kind of wish I would have stayed up and watched it, although I did record it. I was going to watch it at work yesterday. Didn't know the score. Checked the score yesterday morning, and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. So instead, I listened to your Dash Close postgame show, and man, there were some big-time mad people on the postgame show. So that that was entertaining, got me through about two hours of work, so thanks for that. Thank you for that. Uh, no, no problem. I... It was long. Uh, it was we, we went long. That was until 1 a.m. doing the Dash Clips postgame show on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. We're doing it after every game. But, yeah, I, I never in a million years would have intended to go that long or go till nearly 1 in the morning. The game didn't end until late, obviously, and figured we'd go late. The, the plan was to cut it off at, like, 12.15, and at that point it would have been just a little over an hour but, Scooch, there was a lot of people that had things that they wanted to say. And then when I wanted to – when it was 12.15 and I was ready to kind of start to close it down, I realized, like, oh, okay. I mean, there's been people that have been waiting to talk on this little Twitter post-game show for over an hour, and I don't want to just drop them. 
I don't want to be like, all right, we've, we've talked to four or five people. Those people were able to ver- voice their opinion, but the, the three people left. Sorry, too bad. Good night. And realistically, as we've learned on the Thornton's text line, we're not going to probably, in the future, we're probably not going to be able to get to everybody. But that was a frustrating game on Saturday. It's been a frustrating couple weeks for, for UK basketball. So a lot of people had a lot of things to say. I wanted them to be heard. And so we went ahead and we burned the midnight oil. But I'm glad it provided a little entertainment for you. Hopefully throughout this radio show, we will provide more for you listeners. And Scoots, got to hear about your weekend. You, you, you were too busy to watch the Kentucky game, but hopefully not too busy to enjoy yourself a little bit this weekend. Well, no, I was. it wasn't that I was too busy. I was just, it was late. I had to work at 7 a.m. yesterday, so I, I had to hit the sack a little bit early so I could be refreshed for my shift on Sunday. Um, other than that, yeah, the weekend was good. I got a lot of a lot of Hogwarts time in on the old PlayStation, so I, I'm cruising right along in that game. I I got that game probably six, seven months ago, and I just have not had time to play it. So I, I've cut a, carved out some time this weekend to try to cut away at that game. It's just so big. It's I'm going to be playing that game for seven years. That's, that's all I've realized out of the whole thing. So... Uh- Breaking news for the Kentucky Roll Call audience, as far as I'm concerned, we we did not know that you were picking up the Harry Potter game. I, so can you can you fill us in here? I, I picked it up. Yeah, so it, it's really fun. You you've got to go to class, which doesn't sound as bad as you would think it would be. It's kind of just a quick blip on the radar, and then you get to learn a new spell. And yeah, I mean, you got all these spells you can use. You got all these like crazy creatures. I wrote a hippogriff for the first time yesterday. So. Those who don't know what a hippogriff is, it's like a mix between an eagle and a horse. I, I, I always thought I was going to get to ride one of those, but I never, I, I didn't think it was coming this early in the game. So that was fun. So now I can ride a broom to travel, I can ride a hippogriff to travel, or I can use the old feet. So I, I've picked up the broom and the hippogriff, it's just faster travel. But yeah, it's, it's very challenging. I told Gil, I guess on Saturday night, I love this game and I hate the game because it really makes you think. Like there's there's a lot of parts in the game where you've got to piece together a puzzle to try to figure out how to get to the next step, and it's just it keeps my brain fresh. I like it. I'm happy that you're happy. This is just a huge development. I did not know you were picking <laughs> up the Harry Potter game. I didn't know what a hypocrite was. Uh, I know what a hypocrite is, but not a hippocraft or whatever it's called. Hippogriff. So you could just ride. You could just ride one of those bad boys to class, pull up next to a honey on your hippocraft, and just well, say, "What's up?" So you can't ride the broom or the hippogriff in school. So you can ride them around like the school grounds and to the other parts of the world, but you can't ride them in the school. So it's basically just like a this is a kid version Grand Theft Auto it seems. You oh, just have the whole Oh yeah. Hogwarts you have the whole Hogwarts world and you just choose your own adventure. It be, very much so. Yes. And you've got I mean I've got it's a little overwhelming because if I go to like my quest log, I've got no less than 20 things that I can do, but they're not all part of the main story. So you've got to stick to the main story one so you can beat the story. And then you can go back and do all those little side missions. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's very much so like Grand Theft Auto. Well, I feel like this could be a nice well to go back to during summer radio. Scoots updates us on yeah. this Harry Potter world on a slow sports day. Boom, we could do two hours of that. Uh, <laughs> just nothing but Harry Potter updates. The obvious question, everybody's wondering at home that hasn't already turned the radio station what house are you in? 
Which house? Oh, Gryffindor for sure. Oh my! How many times yeah. did you have to restart the game until you got Gryffindor? Uh, no, so you actually get to like pick the. It's it's kind of like. Oh my it's, goodness it's, gracious! It's, it's kinda, not my sort. Not my sorting hat. Time out! Time out! It's kind of like the movies how. The sorting hat has its own little thing, but if you're sitting there thinking about what house you want to be in, they'll they'll play to that a little bit. So yeah, they they let me pick Gryffindor. I was I was good to go. Participation hat. This is what <laughs> this, this generation's used to. You just get to pick what house you want to be in. You don't get bullied by a, a magical hat on your head as like a terrified little seven year old. Uh, I like that better, Scoots. Okay, so you got to pick Gryffindor. That's a little less fun. You, you're more of a Hufflepuff to me. Wow. I don't really know what that means, but I feel like that's offensive. Whoa. <laughs> I'm offended that you find that offensive. Uh, I think Hufflepuffs are loving and they're creative and they're unique, but you know what? You're just a boring old, uh, I, I do things the right way, Gryffindor, whatever. I mean, the house, is, the house is, to this point in the game, I'm about 20, 25% through it or so. But the houses at this point have not mattered at all. So, are you are you going to try out for the Quidditch team? No, is that our, in your future? Our stupid whatever he's called headmaster canceled the season. I'm ticked. What? What? You can go in the you can go in the Quidditch stadium and like fly around and check it all out, but there's no Quidditch season. They act like yeah. they act like want like it's going to come later in the game. So I've got my fingers crossed that that is the case. Because yeah, it'd be a blast. You'd be great at it. Sure. Absolutely. What what's the name of your wizard? Um what is his name? Uh Scoots Magoots. <laughs> Scoots Magoots. It wouldn't what, let what? me use it wouldn't let me use Dingus. I went to name him Scooter Dingus, but they said that word was offensive, so I had to go with Scoots Magoots. No, I don't find that word offensive whatsoever. <laughs> did you did you did you pick an owl or toad or I've got an owl, yeah. Or, or a cat. No, you, those are the three that you can pick, right? I, I've got an owl. Yeah. I, I didn't, I'm not a Harry Potter expert, but I have seen the movies and then read a little bit of one of the books when I was like in fourth grade, but it kept giving me headaches. So mm. decided to, to stop. And this conversation probably giving some people headaches, <laughs> but guess what? The alternative is talking UK basketball, and that will definitively give you a headache right now. Really all just UK athletics. Uh, not, a, not a very good weekend. Our, our two favorite sports, our, our big talking points here on Kentucky Roll Call, they could be better, basketball and football. Obviously, basketball, we're, we're knee-deep in, in hoop season. And that's going to be the talking point. I do want to probably give you a heads up that if you, if you want your text definitively to be read today and maybe even this week, the Thornton's text line grab-and-go texters is the way to go. Get them in early, first segment, then we'll cut it off, and then we'll just throw you to the back of the list. Because, Scoots, a lot of people have a lot to say over the weekend. They, as they should. It was, From what I watched, it was, it was a fun game. It seemed like another one of those games that, from a college f- basketball fan perspective, was a lot of fun to watch. But if you're a fan of Kentucky, yeah, very very disappointing, and there's lots of reason to be disappointing. And you, you all touched on it a lot on the post game, but – several several performances that were well under par and you just you can't have that moving forward but i mean you all also touched on dj being out and i i truly think that hurts way worse than any of us even know at this point it uh, it, if you don't think it hurts i don't know i'm not saying you specifically i'm just talking to the uh just a general you 
if you don't think it hurts, then why is Kentucky never won a game without DJ Wagner yeah. in, in the lineup? And then in which case what they've only lost two when he has been. And one of them being the, the first Kansas game, the other one being what that South Carolina, no good game. And then maybe there's the A&M. So I guess three at that point, but regardless, UK needs him back. He's an important piece. He, he, is good, obviously. He's projected to be a first-rounder, and understandably so. That South Carolina game wasn't a great game for him, but overall, he seemed like he was starting to turn it on. He had another not-so-good game in that stretch. But otherwise, just since the turn of the calendar into January, he seemed like he had taken it up a notch. What you miss out from him is obvious. He's not a lockdown defender, but he is better than some of the other people. So a team that's not great defensively gets a little bit worse when he's not in the game. But I, this is almost does a disservice to DJ Wagner when you say this. But he's such a big depth piece, too. And he's a starter, so you don't really look at him as a depth piece. But the overall picture of just when he's out, that means Antonio... Dillingham and Reed, you guys are going to play a lot. You guys better play well, and we can't really afford to give you much of a break, although they, they are able to get some. It's just better when you have those four guards from a rotation standpoint, from a rest standpoint, from, all right, we can we feel comfortable being able to go give this guy a break because you really don't have any other options after that. You're not going to play Joey Hart. So you need him. And again, that makes it sound like he's not an amazing point guard that can really score from anywhere on the floor and do a lot of nice things. But he's an important depth piece. He, he You need him from just a body standpoint. That being said, he's the best at being able to get into the teeth of a defense. But the offense wasn't the issue against Tennessee on Saturday. Unless defense, you're talking defense, about, defense. Unless you're talking about Trey Mitchell. But Trey, yeah, I mean, they're, the offense could have been better. You obviously could have scored some points, but you didn't lose that game specifically because what you were missing from DJ Wagner from an offensive standpoint. Uh, but you just, boy, we're going to get into it, and it kind of seems like we already are. But that was, that was a bad loss. That was an embarrassing night for Kentucky basketball. I, I think they're, if you want to have some positives, not necessarily from the game, I'm just not willing to give up on the season or think that Kentucky's done or anything like that. Tennessee's legitimately one of the best teams in the country, and I know they just lost at home to South Carolina. South Carolina is one of the hottest teams in the country. You're probably going to see them ranked above Kentucky after today, and I don't know if you can really complain about that all too much based on their head-to-head and how the two teams have been playing as of late, but... Tennessee is legitimately a Final Four contender. They're a national title contender. And Kentucky didn't play great against them. And they still had every chance to make a run, make that thing interesting. There's a couple times where you just be like, wait, Kentucky's only down seven? That's wild to me. How is that the case? And then Dillingham would do something ridiculous, and you'd say, all right, well, maybe if he can keep this up, Something something good can come here. And it wasn't Kentucky's night. It was kind of clear that it wasn't going to be Kentucky's night. But I think if you're looking for a positive takeaway, I don't I still don't think Kentucky is terribly far off in the big picture of this college basketball season. You have to get Wagner back or it's a non starter. 
And Cal did say high ankle sprain. That ain't good. Now, what with Kentucky not being overly transparent, it does allow fans and people in the media to be able to have their theories about what's going on. I'm not going to go down that road from a rumor standpoint with DJ. DJ Wagner loves UK. He wants to play at UK. We'll see him back when he's healthy enough to be back. But you do what, like, has he been playing injured with a high ankle sprain for a while? Is we, we always have heard the scuttlebutt has been that this is an injury that took place in the Miami game. It just never fully healed. Maybe he tweaked it a little bit. I, you know, it's kind of tough to follow along with that timeline. Basically, if the clock started on the high ankle sprain before Wednesday's game against Florida, you're not seeing DJ Wagner back until the SEC tournament. That's just that's a broad painted stroke there, but I mean, that 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 would likely be the timetable. High ankle sprains can be anywhere from about four to six weeks. You'd hope from a basketball player's standpoint, getting the best medical treatment that could be closer to the four weeks and you'd, you'd get him back maybe at the end of the regular season or before the SEC tournament. Now, if the clock on the high ankle sprain started, you know, maybe, maybe it was in the A&M game. He just kind of tweaked it ever so slightly and people didn't think it was a big deal, but it would swell after every game and he'd have a little limp after every game and they didn't realize the severity of it and he was playing on it. Then maybe it's two weeks or something like that. I, who knows? Because UK won't really give you timelines. I do think they're being honest. I think they're being more forthcoming with injuries, but then again, you did have the general soreness thing with the dude, the arrow. Although I think you could make a case. They were trying to kind of wink, wink, tell you like, Hey, this guy, we we want him to play too. But I think they're being honest about the ankle. I don't think there's any nefarious behind the scenes stuff going on there, but I am interested in the timeline on the ankle and we're not, they're not going to give us that. They're not going to be like, yeah, so here's exactly when we think he heard it. And this is when it, we're really shooting for him to be back. We're not going to get that. But UK needs him back. And that much is clear. And I think without him, you can beat Vanderbilt. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if that game was closer than it should be tomorrow night. And then Gonzaga without him, with it being at home, maybe that can help you. But Gonzaga is probably like the tier of team that maybe you can beat without DJ Wagner, maybe you can't. But let's not forget they lost to UNC Wilmington without him. So they can they can lose to teams that aren't the best of the best without DJ Wagner. Now Tennessee is legitimate title contender. That was going to be a really hard game. Florida, they're a tournament team. Kentucky couldn't beat them. So you need them back sooner than later because if not, it's going to make life really, really tough on the rest of the team. Specifically going back to the Tennessee game on, on Saturday, all that to say, Robert Dillingham stepped up. Kentucky, once again, two straight games, wasted a pretty memorable performance from a player. you gonna on Wednesday night, which you got nothing out of him on Saturday. And then Dillingham just casually dropping 35. That was all, like... That was fun to watch. And, Scoots, you mentioned that it was like an entertaining game. The last person on the Dash Cliffs postgame show was a Tennessee fan, and I was thinking to myself, like, this is probably going to be a troll, which, whatever, I, I think a troll on a postgame show is always a good time. I'm all right with it if somebody is funny and clever and creative about it. 
but this person had waited a really long time and I was like, all right, I wasn't planning on taking anybody else, but this person's been waiting a long time and we'll see. Maybe it'll be the last call if they're a Tennessee fan and they want to troll then so be it. If they're a Tennessee fan and they want to be sincere, so be it. Let's hear what they've got to say. And they were sincere and they said similar to what you said where they were like, you know, I know you all are Kentucky and I know you all are upset and I understand that. But that was a really fun basketball game. Like, that was just a, a quality basketball game to watch. And I was like, yeah, if I was a Tennessee fan, I'd say the same. You just went into your biggest rival's gym where historically you stink and you dropped 100. You dropped 100 with the SEC Player of the Year candidate and National Player of the Year candidate not being, not really having to carry the torch. 32% and 31% three-point shooters carried the torch for you. And you dropped 103 points on your biggest rival, confirming that, hey, you all probably are, realistically, a threat to to win it all in March. And if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm probably getting to a Final Four first before I worry about that sort of stuff. But they're good. I understand a Tennessee fan loving that game. I compared it a little bit to the 26, 2012 excuse me, Sweet 16 game where – Kentucky beat IU. I thought it was a really entertaining basketball game to watch, but Kentucky was always in control of that game, and Tennessee was always in control of the game on Saturday. They look like the better team, and I can get Tennessee fans thinking that that was fun to watch. For a UK fan, not fun to watch. Well, This team has – they are regressing, and injuries, they do matter. That's not nothing – but they're not getting better. If you think this team is better than they were a month ago, I just don't know how you come to that conclusion, and that's an issue. The So that was the one thing, really, that drove me nuts about the postgame show was the fact that it turned to the future almost. Like, what are we going to do? We've got to let Cal go. Whereas Kentucky just didn't drop a game at home to Vanderbilt. It wasn't a loss at home to Missouri. It wasn't a loss at home to – some nobody. It was Tennessee, a top five team. As you mentioned, TJ, they've got title aspirations and rightfully so. So I just I was a little annoyed that it it turned to the future and everybody was hating oh well we gotta get rid of Kyle, blah, blah, blah. Cause it's just it wasn't Tennessee is a great team. And yeah, Kentucky was able to hang with them, I guess you could say, but end up losing by double digits. But it was an entertaining game. You showed that you could fight and you didn't have your full arsenal of players. So I, I think that's worth remembering. Yeah, and that's the tough thing sometimes in this in this medium, if you will, is wanting to discuss the things that had just happened, but people also just being willing to pounce at any time to talk the big picture. And people want to talk the big picture. They're they're sick like they're they're ready for Kentucky basketball to win big games. They're sick of being disappointed. And Losing at home to your rival twice in one week, one in a here's a free gift, go ahead and take it, Florida. We were the better team, but I guess we don't want this. You all can have it, fashion. And then in another fashion where the big kid's just holding the ball out of arm's length away from the little kid and the little kid's jumping up trying to get it. Those were the visual summaries of the two games this week. Kentucky literally gave one away which is just unacceptable, and then just couldn't hold up to your bigger rival. You just couldn't stop them. You couldn't do enough. They were better than you at the sport that you hang your hat on. 
unacceptable week for UK basketball. Now I know people get caught up on the word unacceptable. What am I? What am I going to do? Go write a strongly worded letter to the UK athletics program? Am I going to go walk up to the Joe Craft Center and say I demand to speak with your manager? Not going to do those things. But this stuff builds up, and when you hear people that are so frustrated with Calipari. The season's not over after Saturday. This team's going to get a lot better. I'm still on the camp that this team can do some damage in March, which I can be proven dumb in that and a homer and bias and stuff like that. We'll see. I'll, we're, as of right now, I'm I'm comfortable knowing the, 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 the risk, if you will, the stakes, if you will, that if this team continues to go in the wrong direction, people are going to say, TJ, in February, you were still thinking this team could do something. You're an idiot. And there were times last year I still thought that team could do something. And I think you can make a case that if Antonio Reeves doesn't have the night that he has against Kansas State, that team could have done something, could have gone to a Final Four. I don't think that team was good enough to win a national championship, but you look at the Final Four, San Diego State, FAU, Miami, and UConn. And you want to talk about a team that was all offense and no defense, UConn, or excuse me, UConn beat them, but Miami last year. So if you're, if you're saying that this Kentucky team has no chance to do anything, quite literally last year you had a Miami team that was built in a very similar fashion, maybe a little bit better defensively, but not as good offensively, and they made the Final Four. So I still wouldn't give up on this group. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played. They're, they're going to make the tournament. They're not on bubble watch. They're not going to win the SEC regular season, and that stinks. And they could find themselves playing on Thursday in the SEC tournament, and that would stink. We just didn't think those things were these were going to be the talking points with this team, and they shouldn't be the talking points with a team that may have as many first-rounders or just overall draft picks as this team will have. But and that and that's that's disappointing. We didn't think that this season was going to be that kind of we didn't think this season was going to be a all right, we'll just get to the tournament and let's hope that it's a good tournament run. We thought this was going to be let's hold your hand throughout the entire regular season and we're back baby. We're going to put up big points, we're going to get some big wins, and we're going to have a great time doing it. They gave away the Kansas game and then they beat and then they they pummeled Miami and they beat UNC. If you bought into this like I did, and this isn't just covering my own ass because I admit when I'm wrong, and I like I, I, I like being called out when I'm wrong. You learn things when you do those things. But I bought into this team. I feel like most folks did. Maybe there was a few people who said, no, I'm not so sure yet. And if you did, then credit to you. But we had all bought into this team. We thought this was going to be different. And then we're getting into the meat grinder of SEC play, and this team's not able to hold up. Injuries matter. It's a realistic thing going on. I, we need to see this team healthy. But the people that are upset, I, I get it. This was not a good week for UK basketball. And I think Cal has been a little bit surprised by all this too because he had started to gloat a little bit for Cal standards. And then you have a week where you go 0-2 at home. You've lost three out of your last four. And people are wondering where it goes from here. I'm not so sure. If you don't have Wagner back, it's it's a it's a very average basketball team. If you get Wagner back and you can finally play a, a, 
uh, three games in a row? I don't, is that too much to ask, Scooch? Three games in a row, maybe? I'll settle for two. If you could just play like two games in a row as a healthy unit, like, hey, we've got everybody available. So and so may have like a, you know, he 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 banged, he's got a bruise on his leg, but he's totally fine to go. Like, I, can we just get two games in a row where everybody plays? And again, Wagner could be out the next couple weeks, so it, it may not. It's not like we can just snap our fingers tomorrow night and be at full strength. But I do think we owe it to this team to allow them the opportunity to be healthy if that day ever comes. Gil had a frustrating moment this weekend watching the game, and he looks at me at one point. He goes, "Can it's similar sentiment? Can we just get healthy?" He was, and I so I I hit him with the "Who you telling?" Because Indiana hasn't been healthy either. And he goes, "I don't think we've had a healthy team in five years." And I just started laughing. No, I mean you you can really just you can count it basically since the Nerlens Noel injury in yeah. 2013. Now every team's gonna have some injuries, but like also there are teams that will have a year where it's like, yeah, well he he missed a game because he had stubbed his toe. But besides that, we were. Yeah, we got lucky with injuries this year. Kentucky hasn't had that. We have not been fortunate enough to have have that. Gill is right about that. But it does seem like Gill is wrong about so, so much. And we're going to take our first break, and then it's going to turn into the Scoots and Gill talking hour. Oh, there's no need for we, that. It's, it's all good. We, we've got Gill in the studio to vent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll we'll that do that be. one day. That would be one day. Awesome. We're going to surprise Scoots, and we'll surprise the radio audience, and we'll get Gill's side of things. <laughs> Scoots took to Twitter. He ain't happy. Trouble in man paradise? Many people are wondering. We'll come back. We'll tell you about it. Ralph should be back here when we return. We'll get to the grab-and-go textures as well. And, yes, we're going to continue to talk about the state of U.K. basketball and, more specifically, what went wrong. Plenty did on Saturday night. Scoots is going to play the We Suck Again drop, and we totally deserve it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Nick Roush, soon? Maybe. We'll find out. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh, no! We suck again! Searching for you Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, and Kalen, on your Monday morning... Appreciate you tuned in. You'll appreciate a stop at Thornton's when you're a refreshing rewards member. You save at the pump each and every time. No questions asked. You punch in your number, and the savings just roll off right then and there. It's easy. Everything at a Thornton's is easy. Their food inside is cheap. You're sick of going to fast food restaurants, and you're like, that was $12? That's crazy. Not at Thornton's. 89 cents, 32-ounce soft drinks. Fresh fruit every day. It's the if you find if you consider yourself blue collar like the roll call boys, Thornton's that's the place for you. The Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. We're we're done with the grab and go textures. We'll get to them as the show goes on today. Nick Roush has joined us. Roush, how are you? I'm well. I'm um, 
Yeah, not looking forward to talking about Kentucky basketball. Uh, Scoots, like I, I just nothing about. Uh, you, I agree with TJ's sentiment. A Tennessee fan probably thought that game was entertaining. I did not. It was hell. Um, I tried to lie to myself and be optimistic around halftime. Um, but the overarching theme that I got from both games was just that when you're bad at defense, you have to hit the big shots to string together runs. And against Florida, it was, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. Against Tennessee, you're like going from nine points to two. And then every time you get to that two-point threshold, you either miss a shot or you do something stupid. Reed Shepard, great player, does a lot of awesome things. He forgot about both of his hands. Like what? I I lost my mind when he let Vescovy steal the ball from him because he tried dribbling out of it instead of just grabbing a loose ball with two hands. Two possessions before, he picked up his dribble as soon as he crossed half. Like, dude, but you're doing that, but you won't just grab the ball with two hands? It's stuff like that where, TJ, they just cannot string together kill shots right now where it's just like two or three possessions in a row. Like, you're, you're they're getting ready to blow the, the roof off of Rupp, and then they just – something happens, and they stink it up, and they let Tennessee turn take all the momentum away just like that. It was, it was very frustrating. When the national media all offseason was saying how much Kentucky was going to stink and their guards were no good, and there was a couple media members that was like, Kansas is going to beat them by 20. That, that's true. Like, those were talking points this offseason. I think people expected Kansas to handle Kentucky similar to how Tennessee would. Oh, they're experienced. Those guards, they're going to they're gonna bully them around. They're not going to be ready for the college game. And at times, that was the feel on Saturday. The issue is this isn't these guys' second or third collegiate games ever. They've been playing high-level college basketball now for several months, and they've been within a college basketball system even going back to the summer when they were getting ready for the Canada trip and then making the Canada trip. That, that was the concerning part about Saturday is just all the stupid little freshman things, and it wasn't – it wasn't exclusive to the freshmen. You had some of the older guys. Trey Mitchell went totally and completely missing in a physical game where there was a lot of trash talking. He just couldn't keep up. They're just he he yeah. was a non-factor, unfortunately. Uh, and maybe you know that game's probably close. Kentucky maybe wins that game if you get an A Trey Mitchell game, but it's it's more competitive and it's it's not a like eight or nine point buffer zone game if Trey Mitchell even gives you like a B minus or a B instead, you just, you something's up with him. There's rumors that maybe he's not playing at a hundred percent healthy. Why not? Uh, probably so. He's probably hurt too. Everybody on this team's hurt. Mm-hmm. If you're a UK basketball player, you just, you, you're living with an injury basically. Yeah, I mean, if you're Trey Mitchell too, like he was, they were just, the stuff I saw was people sitting by the bench that said he was complaining about sore, you know, sore back or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, it's February. Bodies are tired. Like that's that's how it works. Um, I, and and he, the big thing, TJ, is like, you know, I, I know some people hate going big picture. My big picture is like we've we've done this before. We know what this is like. The difference is TJ is typically those teams that you're getting to this point in February. And you're like, well, maybe they'll learn from their lumps and then they'll figure it out in March. Normally those teams don't have the highs that this one did 
in November and December. And I know they lost to Kansas, but that North like this team beat North Carolina and they're competing for the number one overall seed. And it, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just like, oh my gosh, Kentucky stole that game. If anything, it was like Kentucky probably should have won that game by a little bit more. Yeah. 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 You're, you're, that's a good point about like, the high size. That's, that's the part that it just, it's one thing when you had those freshman teams and you could just tell that they were trying to get things to work out to click. And now you're at a like, wait, did they forget how to play basketball? What What's going on here? And some of it is living and dying by the three. And maybe that's – I don't know. I, I, I'm i struggling. Uh, I'm just trying to be optimistic because it's just I, – I have no other choice, right? Like I'm, I'm just going to try to will them into being good. But that game, I mean, as soon as it started, you were just like, well – they're not it's not their night like Tennessee is they're just going to beat the brakes off them and I I worried like all right if connect can get his but you can't let any of these other bums get hot and Ziggler was on fire Josiah Jordan James sucks at basketball and we made him look like freaking Michael Jordan out there that guy what wait what, what, what the hell I can't be he's he, oh that that made me so mad he, I, he's not good he has been getting bullied by Kentucky for years and you let him drop 26 on you at rough that just oh yeah, I, let me, we have a texter who um, he, he's a regular. He, he's always provided good stuff into the show. It, it's uh, he, he'd probably fall in the basketball Benny category of the roll call listeners. But he said pregame text. I'm interested to see how often we use the arrow to match up with Dalton Connect. We need three guards on the floor. He just kind of goes on to talk about an interesting dynamic before the game. He says, also haven't seen him mention this week, but Edwards was a Tennessee lock before Cal stepped in. Legacy game, surely. So he's just kind of talking about how the guards match up, who guards who, that sort of stuff. And I responded back because on Saturday I had to do a little bit of work, so I was on my computer. And I said, I guess they're going to rotate folks on Dalton Connect unless somebody has success. They'll play the hot hand. But I said, I'm most concerned about a barrage of wide open shots on the perimeter because Dalton Connect can get inside. And if the game plan is going to be to collapse or stick on him, it'll basically, this game could basically come down to whether Ziegler, Vescovy, and JJJ hit wide open shots. And I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to live with that. None of those guys are above 33% three point shooters. And this texter says, yeah, I agree. If one of those guys gets 15 or more or they combine for 35 or something, we're finished. And, I, <laughs> and I, I responded back to him and I said, and none of the three have decent looking jumpers, which makes it even worse. And he says, Vescovy has been non-existent all year. I know he has something nasty in store for us. And I just responded back. And I said, damn it, you're right. And uh, – well, we were right. Like that whole conversation ended up being being correct. Uh, Vescovy, sixty four points, sixty four points or sixty three points or whatever it was. Yeah, sixty three. Yeah, my bad, bad, bad. But yeah, like you, like you can see it coming because this is what this Kentucky defense does to everybody. If you're having a bad game, just go ahead and play this UK team. You'll have a better one. I promise you. And like Don connect probably didn't care. He was probably happy to have a, a, a quiet night off where he could just have a bad shooting night, go for a casual 16 and still get a double digit win on the road because everybody else, everything came so easy. And I'll, I'll give, 
I'll, I'll give uh, James, Josiah Jordan James. Always get the J's mixed up in his name. I probably always will. I don't know which word Josiah goes in the order. I don't know where Jordan goes in the order. I know James is last. But regardless, James, he hit a couple contested with a hand in his face. He looked like Michael Jordan out there. Uh, but Ziegler and Vescovy, they made it easy for those guys. And, Ves- and Ziegler was hitting his layups, to his credit. But this is just a common trend for this U.K. team. And for as great as Dillingham was, and he, like, that was a special offensive performance. That was watching an NBA player, and and we've had this before, obviously, but that was just an NBA player in a college jersey doing NBA player things. Like, his ability to knock down shots is so impressive. And the nice thing about UK, as long as he's healthy, you'll have that in your arsenal the remainder of the season. Dillingham can go for 35 any given night if if the shots are falling. And... uh, 35 on 20 shots, six of eight from three. And Kentucky wasted it. You just totally wasted it because Dillingham is a terrible defender. He gets lost all the time. Reed Shepard is a bad defender. He gets lost frequently. And there's not this magic thing that you can snap your fingers and make them better defenders. But the evidence we have, you know, I'm not blaming Dillingham and I'm not blaming Reed so much. Roush, I'm blaming this coaching staff. The 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 and we knew this was probably going to happen when you were watching it live and pulling out whatever hair you may have on top of your head. I'm not talking about Roush. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about Scoots. Just that you know, you the listener, you were probably pulling out your hair all the same watching these out of bounds plays and watching Tennessee just absolutely punk and embarrass this UK team as you have Dillingham putting his hands up like confused with what just happened when he's in the wrong. He's the one making the mistake. And if he's the one not making the mistake, and, and maybe there's like one instance where he's not, it doesn't really matter because nobody really knows what they're doing. Nobody seems to be confident in their positioning with the exception of maybe like one dude or two guys. They are all lost. Like you, Cal, I like Cal. I'm, this isn't going to be big picture. You got to fire cow today radio. People that do that are just goobers. But you failed with this team from a defensive standpoint up to this point. And your margin for error this season, like this needed to be a fun basketball season. And this needed to have the cats rocking and rolling where UK was the one going into their rival's place, dropping over 100 and winning. Not the other way around. And I, we UK fans can be patient. They're understanding. Like, we can, you know, if a, you, you gave away a game against Florida, that stunk, it shouldn't have happened, whatever. If you would have beaten Tennessee, people would have forgiven you about that. The way things went on the road at A&M, whatever, people could live with that. But you can't live with a team that is getting beat on 50-50 balls 100% of the time. And UK fans can't live with a team that – oh, you you miss out on another rebound because of lack of effort, and you're the team that's going and pushing and starting fights and potentially kissing? I'm not sure if people saw that. Like, you're the team that's playing frustrated and flustered and getting rattled, and that's on, that's on you, Cal. You've had since the summer tour in Canada to get this group ready and connected and at times we thought that they were, but we knew the defense needed to take some strides. It's going the wrong way. It's just, Roush, it's, it's, it's not getting better. And 
if you just have a group of players that aren't great defensively, which unfortunately I do think is the big, the underlying thing here is just this is a team of, of players that aren't great on that end of the floor. And there are trade-offs you have to make. If you want to be electric offensively, that that's an understandable trade-off that maybe you're not going to be as good on the other end. I don't think anybody in a million years thought it was going to be this bad. But the being so unorganized on out-of-bounds plays, finishing the halves horribly, finishing games horribly, having the ball as you're dribbling just stolen from you right in front of you, these are just mistakes that, like, uh, it's not a disciplined basketball team. And, again, I I like Cal. I'm not. It's not going to be a personal thing. I'm not even saying that the season's over or it's lost and he needs to be fired. But it's hard to say this on February 5th that he hasn't, that he's done anything above a, a C-plus job. And that may be even generous. It's probably closer maybe to like a C minus. I like the team that he's put together. It's We're back to the NBA talent sort of deal. This group, I think, on any given night can beat anybody, or at least they can definitely score with anybody. But just the little stuff is adding up where it's just, darn it. Like this, we did not need that stuff with this group. And yeah. we, we didn't need another, oh, we're out of the SEC race. Are they going to be able to get a double bye? Which – um, I trust the teams. If you look at the SEC standings, there's four teams with two losses or less, and then a bunch of middle of the pack, five and three. So, like, and, and, the, and Kentucky has more in common with the Floridas and Ole Misses than they do with the Tennessees and Auburns, right? Like, Ole Miss was up 13 at home against Auburn and lost on Saturday. Like, that, that, that was what Kentucky did basically against Florida. Florida. They had, they got gifted a game at A and M. A and M was, I, I don't know if you saw the end of that game, TJ, but uh, Wade Taylor forgot you couldn't run the baseline and got called for a travel, so gave the ball back to Florida with 19 seconds left down one, two wide open shots, shots that they would have hit against Kentucky. They missed, they lose the ball game, but that and that's that's where a lot of frustration is manifesting because. It looks like Kentucky had a team that was going to steamroll through the SEC and losing back-to-back home games. That's just not – we can't compute. No, and, and that's never the expectation. That should never be okay for U.K. basketball. I don't care if it's a, a rebuilding year or not. People are going to be disappointed when you're, when you're losing home games, uh, especially not – and this is not a rebuilding year. This was supposed to be the year. You've got the NBA talent. Uh, again – if they're healthy, I, I think the bigger issue with Saturday was maybe a realization that you're you're closer in the pecking order to the Floridas of the world. Like, you're you're closer to the bubble teams. And, again, this team won't be a bubble team. It, it, now, if you lose, like, three more straight, then maybe we can have a conversation. But you're closer to, like, those eight, nine, ten seeds than you are the one, two, three seeds. And for that to ha- for that realization to happen in the span of like ten to fourteen days, we're we're all confused. Like yeah, we're that's yeah. just this is not what we had signed up for. And again, I there's a basketball season's a roller coaster of a ride. Teams play better at different points in the season, and everybody's just aiming to be peaking at March. Well, the good thing we need to the good thing we know is this team is not peaking. <laughs> they they they're not. So there's a lot of room to grow. They will get better. There's going to be more fun basketball. 
but it's got to be a lot better than what we saw Saturday, especially the little things. 50-50 balls, hustle, effort, energy, rebounds, goodness gracious. The fact that we have to even bring that stuff up is troubling and concerning. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call coming up next. We're going to get to your text. That's a promise. We'll do them next. On the Big X. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 961 FM, 1350 AM. Now your headphones are sounding like mine were last Friday. Um... It happens. It's okay. It's all good. We, we deal with technological difficulties all the time. Technical difficulties as well. And we eat wonderful salsaritas all the time because it's delicious. It's nutritious. They got great tacos. They got great taco salads. They got great burritos. Great quesadillas. The quesadilla is great on the run, TJ, especially when you go to the Middletown location because they've got a drop through. They've also got one on Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews. And it's Super Bowl Sunday coming up. I officially got... I was driving back from Birmingham yesterday, listening to a, a, a NFL podcast, talking about Super Bowl. I was like, ooh, okay, that's something that's going to be exciting, something to look forward to. Get Salsaritas. Just having all of those chips to just eat for hours and hours on end, it's a great idea. Do that for your Super Bowl Sunday. Download the Salsaritas app. Get some wildly addictive chips for Super Bowl Sunday. Thank me later. Do it. I love Salsaritas. Scoots to oh. you. Of course. You all know that. Yeah. Big big Salsaritas guy. Salsa. Might actually go to that. Do you think maybe some Salsaritas could smooth things over between you and Gil? Oh, things are so smooth between me and Gil. It's it's all good. It is all... As, <clears throat> as smooth as their creamy queso? Yesterday, yesterday was just a... It was a culmination of all the things that I had dealt with during the day. So, let me let me give you all a walkthrough. So, Gil doesn't have Twitter. So, he has, he has no idea that I even said anything. Um, oh, so, yeah, so you can, you can really talk about it behind yeah, his back. Of course. Yeah. So no, I get home or I go, I have to go to work. I worked seven to three yesterday. My replacement at three at the hotel doesn't get there till like three twenty. So I'm already annoyed. Like I'm, I've been ready to go for hours and here she is 20 minutes late. So I, I get home a little frustrated still that she wasn't on time. Go to walk in my house. The door's locked. So that tells me that old Gil didn't go anywhere a, all day. Brought a girl home. No, brought he, a girl home. Nope, he didn't go anywhere all day. Means he didn't leave the house because it was only the door that I had locked. So I unlock the door and I walk in, still frustrated. Walk in, and he's sitting there sleeping on the couch, taking a nap, the just living the good life like I should be doing on a Sunday. So that irked me a little more. Oh, by the way, first thing I did when I got home before I even went in the house, we have all kinds of sticks in our yard that I wanted to pick up on Saturday, just didn't do it. So I, I pick all those up before I even walk in the house. So I'm already ticked off when I feel that the door's locked. And then I walk in and I see him sleeping. And then I start looking around. I'm like, this place is a freaking wreck. Like what did what did you do today? I didn't say this to him, but in my mind, I'm like, what like what have you done today? Did anything anything productive at all? No? Okay, cool. 
So, yeah, we had a, a mountain full of dishes in the sink. Had to get those done. Loaded the dishwasher. And then last five or ten minutes of me cleaning, he comes and he he cleans off the stovetop. Give him credit for that because he's the only one that uses it. So, yeah, he, he comes in and helps me clean off the stovetop. But, yeah, I was... Very, very frustrating because when I got home, only thing I wanted to do was sit down on the couch, do some relaxing, and I just didn't get to do that. But it's it's all good. We were we were talking later that night, not about it, but just I mean our normal conversation. So all's good in the in the scoots casa. Why didn't you tell him that? Hey, you need to start carrying your weight around here, Gil. Because it's it's my personality. I I just I, I hate confrontation of any sort. And it's like, I, I felt like, I mean, the whole time I'm sitting there cleaning, I'm like, yeah, I, I need to tell him that this is unacceptable and I can't do this. Like, I, I need him to help carry the weight around here because he, we're just two different people is what it comes down to. I mean, he's he's the type of person he'll use a napkin, eating dinner or whatever, and he'll sit it on the couch beside him when he's done. Whereas I eat dinner, use the napkin, go straight to the trash can and throw it away. So we're very different in that regard. And it just, there's some days where it drives me absolutely freaking nuts. There there are different types of people in just that regard of like, a task is finished when it is thrown away, put away, dish cleaned off in the dishwasher. And then there's other people where it's like, well, yeah, I'm finished. I put the plate over on the nightstand. Well, of course, I'm finished. They're just different styles of, of how people are considered done. Um, nice that you're the the former in that in that example. I, I consider myself the former as well, Scoots. I mean, there uh, are. What, what, what was the point of the picking up sticks? I guess. I mean, I just it just One, needed two, to be done. Yeah. There there were hundreds and hundreds of sticks in the yard. So every time I pull in the driveway, I see them, and I'm like, I need to go pick those up. So did, that, did you, that was just part of it. you lay them straight? I No, I put them in our fire pit. <laughs> what about a big fat hen? <laughs> did, nothing a good lawnmower wouldn't have fixed. Oh, no, they were huge. Huge. Still, like There was three or four you, of those you, size around as my arm. You, 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 whoa, that big, yeah, huh? Huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> my little, a little four-year-old's arm type of sticks. That's crazy. <laughs> This is uh, the thing is, is uh, so last I don't think I ever got to it on the show, but met up with some of the fellas, the old roommates uh, last week before the UK game, having a great time. And the those are the kind of fights that we would have all the time. And I completely forgot that one time my buddy who my buddy Steez, he he's a Steez. All right. And he would Steez around and leave his dishes out kind of like Gil. And I completely forgot this happened, but one time, um, our our scoots he just picked up all the dishes and he put them in Steez's bed. Like instead of putting them up, was like, no, I'm making a point. He walked past the sink, past the dishwasher, and just stuck them in his bed. You clean them up, and he didn't notice until you know, like 11:30 at night, and then they got into a shouting, screaming match. It was ah, oh, maybe I should stuff. do that because I do have to pick up plates after him probably two times a week. So, yeah, maybe what I'll just he, make a point and put him in his bed. What is he – interesting story about Sneeze. Did, did Sneeze fight him? Did he, Sneeze learn his lesson? Uh, it was like a loud shouting match. Uh, and then somebody used the P word, pretentious, which that got people – that would get us really triggered if you called somebody pretentious. 
and it was, but never actual fisticuffs, but lots of screaming. So, but did he start picking up his stuff? Uh, yeah, a little bit better. And then it became like every time he would put something up, he'd be like, Eric, look, I'm putting it away. You know, it became see, a thing. Yeah. See, but that's how Sneeze knows that he's in the wrong. That like, you know, it's time to probably grow up and be an adult and pick up after yourself. You don't need you don't need a roommate to pick up after yourself anymore. And Scoots, it seems like you're in a similar situation here. Uh, I, he boy, he got bullied into good behavior. Scoots, time to start bullying Gilmore. Well, it's just it's so frustrating for me, guys, because I'm I like a clean house. There's something about walking into a clean house that just makes me feel good after a long day. So when I walk into a house that's like that, it just it absolutely drives me nuts. And the thing with Gil is he just has what's the word I used on Twitter last night? Initiative. I just wish he showed some initiative. He'll he'll help me clean the house. If I start cleaning the house because it's he's sitting on the couch doing nothing and I think starts to feel bad, but I just wish he would do some of that stuff on his own. And it, it, it low key does kind of drive me nuts. Yeah, I just wonder what Gil thinks like when he sees you picking up after him. Like, I, I don't know how another human could see another like capable human just pick up after them and. At, at nothing else, at least acknowledge and be appreciative. But I think you'd get to a point where you'd be like, okay, I'll, I, I can pick up after myself. Well, here's how much I do. Right? not Like it, it's, it, it's just kind of, I, I can't comprehend it. Here's how much I do not like confrontation. He does not see me pick up his plates and trash off the couch while he's there. That's one of those things I'll do when he's gone. Like if I get home and he's not there oh, and I'll see dude. a couple plates on the end of the couch, I'll go snag them, put them in the sink, pick up his trash off the couch. So I, I'm very behind the you scenes with all that just because I don't want, I don't want confrontation. I hate, yeah, but confrontation. He's, not a, he's not an idiot. I mean, he, I don't know. Maybe Gil's not the smartest man in the world, but like he doesn't think that the, the dish fairy comes in and picks up after himself. He's got to know that somebody and it ain't him is getting the dishes. Maybe it's the mouse that is now who knows what condition that mouse is in, but like, what, what is he, he, he has to know it's you. Yeah. I mean, you would think, so he just knows that he can that you're that you're the you're mommy around the you're Gil Ma, you're Gil's mommy. That's that's I'm gonna use that and I'm I'm gonna have to uh, what what did we call it when we got in troubles? I'm gonna ground him. Time out. Yeah, time out. Yeah, you, like the dog. It's like when they get in trouble, you got to show them right. Like, hey, here's the garbage. Look, you don't do that. Ooh, you I'll need to stick Gil's face in it. Yeah, I'll stick Gil's face in his dirty plate. <laughs> Good idea, Roush. Is Gil's room messy? I think I've asked that oh, before. I do not go in Gil's room because it gives me the biggest stress attack of all time. Yeah, it's horrible. Mm. He's a so I'm very much do the laundry, fold my clothes, hang them up. He's very much grab them out of the dryer in a big old pile, take them into his room, and just toss them in his closet. It drives me up the wall. I I, I don't know how he does that. Gil getting put on blast on today's Kentucky Lo roll call. I love the guy. I absolutely love the guy, but man, we are so different. And you know what? I I, I needed this the the airing of grievances for roommates. I think uh, I needed it, it too. This is Roush. Are you the cleaner one or the messier one in your house? Um, Roush looking out his looking out the door to see if he can say uh, it. My wife gets annoyed by some of the stuff I do, but I do a lot of the cleaning up, like. I 
she can't she has no idea how to load a dishwasher like lady it's like playing tetris like you, you gotta maximize your space she doesn't know how to do that properly she also gets annoyed with me too though because if i make a lunch i don't put up the food in like if i'm making a sandwich and i've got you know the mayonnaise the turkey the cheese i make the sandwich i eat the sandwich and then i put the stuff up she puts everything up beforehand but i'm not you know we're, generally speaking though it's pretty pretty similar in our messiness because like there's some times where it's like it'll be a week where she just has her clothes in the laundry basket for the you know until it's time to do laundry again sometimes that's me but uh for the most part uh, she just complains more about my dog's hair getting everywhere it's my yeah. it's our dog until he's in trouble then it's my dog you better pick up your dog's hair, and we better head, or, head on over to the Thornton's text line for the grab-and-go textures. People waking up early for us. We appreciate it. One texture says, I think UK should start a new promotion and let one lucky fan draw up a baseline out-of-bounds defense, and UK gets a stop. That fan gets floor seats to the next home game. That's a fun one. You uh, just get to set up where the players have to stand on the out-of-bounds plays? Um, it's You know what it's called, TJ? It's called the guy who – guards the inbounder don't let like guard the rim don't let them pass it towards the rim it's not it's not that difficult if they run the play where they're screening your guy to get a three i'd rather that happen and you have somebody else help over the top than give up another dunk at the rim like just guard well, the rim inbounder it's not just guard the, the rim. The first play that Tennessee did, that I mean, they were just doing whatever they wanted. It, it was embarrassing. They were doing whatever they wanted. They knew what was going to work, and they were probably giggling over in the sidelines knowing, let's just let's get the ball out of bounds in that position because we know we'll get points from it. But they set up the, the dunks based on the first three that they made, and they, I think it was Connect, came off a screen, hit a three, kind of fading away. It was a tough shot, but he was wide open based on the out-of-bounds play. He hit it. And then UK was so worried about a guy wiggling three wide open from the perimeter on those out-of-bounds plays that they elected to not guard the middle at all. And, yeah, there's a million ways to stop that. You labeled one of them. Dillingham and Edwards, if you both find yourself with the screener, uh, one of you has messed up. That means somebody else is open. If you both find yourself around one guy, somebody else – is is elsewhere whether they've curled around on the perimeter or that they've dropped inside into the paint one of you all has has messed up in that situation that's coaching that is and you can make a case well what if they have the players ready to go and they tell them everything to do i don't think cal is telling them to get confused and le- let an open dunk left and right but let's make sure – and Dillingham had a quote after the game. He was like, it's all effort. They teach us. They tell us the right things to do, and we're still messing it up. Well, then the coaches have to find a way to not make you mess up. So much of this with coaching, Roush, and what Cal isn't or is doing, people are going to have – it's sports. Everybody's going to have a million different opinions. Everybody's a coach when they're watching the game. But at the end of the day – Either you just get results or you don't get results. We don't really care the manner of how they come about, but we just are sick of having to kind of excuse make or live with disappointment when it comes to Kentucky basketball. So, like, if it is the player's fault for being out of position on the out-of-bounds plays, all right, that's fine. We don't care whose fault it is. We just want 
to be a top five team for an extended period of time. Uh, again, we've now had to pivot Roush where it's like, if this team makes a deep March run, I won't care about Saturday and I won't care about the Florida loss, but I didn't want this to have to be set up for like an all or nothing sort of deal. This was supposed to be a fun regular season, a high seed one, two, three, and then be ready to rock and roll in March. I still think this team can rock and roll in March, but we're, we're already having to pivot and we've played one game into February. That's disappointing. And, and we didn't want that. So it all falls back eventually on the head coach, because that's just the way this business goes. And whoever's fault it is for whatever things are happening, for whatever reason it's happening, we've seen UK rock and roll before. This ain't rocking and rolling. This nope. is this is not from a defensive standpoint, this is as bad as it's ever been in the Calipari era. Yep. And it's um and I think the worst part of that is it's been a steadily it's steadily gotten worse and we kind of were and I think Cal was too, operating under the assumption that if you get some rim protection, that'll help. Ugo had an awesome block at the rim. I forget who it was, but that ain't fixing everything, right? Like it's, it's just getting. I think worse. it was maybe on connect. And we, we got good Ugo on Wednesday. I mean, unbelievable Ugo. And then we got the Ugo who just can't even hold on to the ball or touch it or grab it or do anything. Um, so still questions to be had at the five position, but. Well, at the end of the day, this this all starts and ends with with defense. You know, I shouldn't even say that. It really starts and ends with, like, you will need to get your bleep together and make the 50-50 plays. Get, dive out of bounds. Get on the floor. If Tennessee punches you, you punch back. You all need to, you need to start being a little bit more physical. This team gets pushed around a little bit, and they fold like a pinata. It's bad. I'm I'm ready for that to change. All right, so you change that, and you can be a little bit tougher. That's going to help you out. This team's never going to be great defensively, Roush, but you mix in the defense with maybe a lack of effort, which, again, big picture, hasn't been the issue this season. That was why Saturday was a little bit head-scratching and a little bit rare, mm-hmm. but Tennessee was making the plays that championship teams make. Kentucky was making the plays of a team that makes excuses and finger-pointing and that looked like how people perceive freshman teams how to look. And that's unfortunate because this isn't November 1st. This was the first game in February. You got to get better. Another texter on the Thornton's text line says, Scoot's going to virtual high school class to check out the ladies. Not surprising. <laughs> no. What, what virtual high school class did you go to? Hogwarts. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Roush, did you hear his Hogwarts story? I, I did. I did. I knew Scoots was a big book reader. Did not know that the video game was on the slate. So I remember playing a PS2, which is wild that that's how long this stuff's been around. But I remember playing a PS2 game that involves some Quidditch, Scoots. So I, I have a feeling you'll have some Quidditch in your future. Sweet. Love to hear it. Speaking of can't believe it's been that long, seven years from the Falcons blowing the 28-3 to lead today. Seven years. Man, I'm so excited for the Super Bowl. It's, the Super Duper Bowl. Because I can't I can't get hurt when I watch the Super Bowl. Like, yes, I can maybe lose some money, but like it's, you know, fun sports that isn't my team potentially hurting me. And I knew all day Saturday that I was going to get hurt. It was just and then here here's the other part too. Slow starts. Can we just can can you just not get down ten points in two minutes? Like that would be 
be nice to not. Yeah, that start that start was terrible. That was not the way you should come out to a big crowd, a good crowd at Rupp Arena. That's just bad. Suck the wind out of there. You know the um, you know the one thing that really drives me nuts with this team. And TJ, I'm very much with you in, in the whole Calipari camp. I, I'm a big Calipari guy. I, I like Calipari a lot. But why does it seem that every single game he takes out the hot hand when that hand is hot? I mean, you had Edwards, for example, this past game. I don't know if it would have made a difference or not, but the dude goes out and scores seven straight points. Very well, a career high for Justin Edwards, for all I know. And then he gets yanked out of the game. Like, what are we doing? He, he did that with Dillingham a couple games ago when he was hot. Why are we taking out the guy with the hot hand? Edwards was averaging like 10 points up until like really? late December. So for people do forget that about Edwards, that like he, he and, and, and me, yeah. myself, I'm talking to myself here more than anybody else where it's like, man, it's great to see him score a couple points. Way to go, buddy. And it's like, we have to put ourselves in a world where his average was like 10 points there for a while. I don't know what it is today. It's probably still not terribly far off from that. Uh, but to your point, Scoots, I, I agree and you can explain it away, and I'll, I'll give you that side of it, where this team is shorthanded without Wagner. Again, is Trey Mitchell at 100%? Is Adutiero at 100%? Supposedly Big Z died again from throwing up, unfortunately. He was on the bench but couldn't play or maybe wasn't going to play or whatever the deal was with him. Cal's doing it as, like, we've got to get these guys strategic breaks. They've got to, like, otherwise – Otherwise, what? They're not going to play well? So I get the idea that these guys need breaks, but I do not understand when you're, when you're doing it. Give them a break after they've missed two shots. And yeah, with Edwards, uh, somebody on the postgame show brought that up as well, but more so with Dillingham. And now there's been a trend of doing it like several times with Dillingham, mm-hmm. but even with a bunch of different players. There is some weird, weird roster management with ins and outs of substitutions. It it can get explained away simply as they're just giving guys rest because you need to, and late in the game they're not doing that sort of stuff, which, to be fair, to be fair, they're not doing them late in the games. But, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's bad. You can do that two minutes later. If they're dogging it up and down the court, Roush, and like they're putting their hand up and just getting totally beat defensively, all right, we can we can get them. But if they're coming down and just hitting some insane shots and clearly they're in the zone, it ain't the time to do it. I, I get getting guys breaks. You got to do it with this group, but it's not. it doesn't have to be right then. Yeah, especially when, like you said, it was the first – Good iteration of Justin Edwards we had seen in a long time. It's like, oh, um, Tyler had brought it up that she, at one, you know, you you have your takes throughout, and she was like, yeah, I, I, I once wrote that this would be the Justin Edwards breakout game, so let's hope it happens. <laughs> and and you know what? It was kind of happening, uh, a little bit. And then- Dude's got the green light. He. Uh- he is not afraid to let it fly, and I'm all right watching it. If it goes in, don't like it as much. If it doesn't go in, it was it but, was going in, and then you like I look at the box score, and it's like oh, seven points on eight shots. Oh. It's just, and he will have some just horrible misses too. You know, where it's like oh, he looks he looks set, he looks lined up. Oh, just a little too much muscle on that one, Justin Edwards, or somebody hey, let the door open on that one. We don't. That's contested three. You don't. We don't need that one. 
But if Wagner's out, you need you need good minutes from him. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have to be 30 minutes, shouldn't be 30 minutes, but like a similar kind of setup to Saturday isn't going to be unfamiliar if Wagner's out. So hopefully he can keep figuring it out. There were some decent things that he did. A texter on the Thornton text line says, can we all agree it's embarrassing how UK fans keep bringing up how many Final Fours we have to Tennessee fans after getting our poop kicked in for the past however many years? Well, again, I mean, we second to be fair, this sweep them last year, had one four out of six, but uh, it's, now the, it's four more, out of seven. The, the stat that's super embarrassing was the stat that they kept sharing on ESPN that Tennessee had won at Rupp three times before Rick Barnes, and now he's won four times. Yeah, it's like, bad. That's a, shouldn't yeah. shouldn't happen. But also, they've uh, never been to Final Four, second Tennessee. It's coping to a whole nother level. It makes us look like Indiana having to dig through the archives to talk trash to those Rocky Top jerks. By the uh, way, I, yeah, I don't like. I, I think when you lose to a team, you kind of just have to take it for a little bit, and then and then you can revert back to history in due time. But in the moment when you lose. You just kind of have to take it, unfortunately. That's sports. By the way, way too many digs at Indiana on the postgame show on Saturday night. I'm not going to stand for it. Okay? Scoots. Indiana so is many people Indiana are like, is going to turn into Indiana. Yeah. going to turn into Indiana. It was so Scoots, annoying. You lost, you lost to Penn State. Yeah. Home. Oh, it was, See, it was embarrassing. Yeah. Indiana's just not a great comparison. Like, Michigan State's the better comparison. Because Kentucky to be Indiana, UK would need to keep on this trend of not doing anything in March. But more so would be they hire somebody, and then that guy doesn't do anything in March. And then they hire somebody else, and then that guy doesn't do anything in March. It's like To get to Indiana, it's going to have to be multiple coaches for that comparison to stick. A better comparison is Michigan State, where it's like you've had the same guy – but the air's out of the balloon. You people are paying attention to you, but nobody really is scared of you anymore. And and sure, there's evidence to think that Kentucky could be trending in that direction. Um, let's hope that that doesn't become the case. Cal really needs a big March run this year. But the scoots the Indiana comparison. It's fitting. I mean, it's a joke program. Make no mistake about it. But it's just it shouldn't apply to where UK is with Calipari, right? I agree. <laughs> I just don't want to hear any more Indiana slander. Go get Roush on earlier from now. Two nerds talking Harry Potter is brutal. Okay, listen, <laughs> I'm not a Harry Potter guy. We weren't talking Harry Potter. We were just I wanted to kind of know the details of the game. Scoots can talk about his weekend. We saw a Highland sheep cattle yesterday. I don't know what that sheep is. Cattle? It's like the it's like the fuzzy furry cows, you know, that look like they've got the hair oh, on them. Oh yeah, like, like the hippie, funny hippie looking yeah. cows. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've told the story, but like a year ago, they were doing a stuffed animal thing at Lucy's school, and everybody was getting like kittens and unicorn stuffed animals, and then she comes out with this high Irish or Highland Scottish cattle stuffed animal, and we're like, where did you even like why? Why would you pick this hairy cow? It, it wasn't very cute stuffed animal, but it was funny that she did it. And then her aunt found these PJs that had that cattle on them, so or that cow. So then she bought it. And now she sleeps in those PJs most nights, and she has that stuffed animal in her crib every single night. And they somehow found in Bullock County this photo shoot you can do with a Highland Scottish cattle. 
So yesterday we went and did the photo shoot and she was wearing like her PJs and she brought her stuffed animal and the people at the photo shoot were like, oh my gosh, she must really love this kind of cow. And we were like, yeah, kind of. It's just kind of turned into that sort of thing where now she's a huge fan of it. So coming to a social, my social media page to you, some pictures of her with a ginormous cow. It was cute though. It was fun. Uh, we don't get the we don't know when we'll get the pictures back, so not immediate. But that was how I spent my Sunday driving to Bullock County to take pictures with a Highland Scottish cow. <laughs> That's so funny. That's the most like dad sentence ever. Where you if if it makes perfectly good sense in your brain, but if you like saying it out loud, you're probably like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, it was it, it was an experience, but it was fun. Uh, yeah. She she loved it. She and you got she got to like feed her, so you got like this big cow tongue, and it's like licking it out of her hand, and she's giggling each and every time. And then they've got those little horns, and like you know when they're kind of angry, they do kind of like just hit you with their horn. I don't think they're trying to hurt you, but more so just be like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, it was fun, though. So I got to play with farm animals. Scooch got to play some Harry Potter. I got to play with farm animals. Roush, I'm sure you did something exciting this weekend. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of cousin time. Um, you took a nap. I saw that. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was, that was pretty funny. Um, but the na- one of my sister's neighbors, they had a birthday party. And so, you know, um, apparently these people, they do their parties up big. And the genius idea was to make their two-year-old's birthday Mardi Gras themed because they're like, well, we never get to have a parent party, so we're just going to do it big. And so they had like hurricanes and spiked lemonade. Like they, they were a DJ. They were getting after it. And then they also had like a balloon artist and th- this inflatable that I, I've never seen an inflatable like this. It was a giant alligator. And it looks just like a a blow up alligator kind of decoration that you would have if, if there was an alligator a Christmas alligator, right? Like, but it was enormous and inside it, like you, you, it was uh vacuum powered up. So like, you know, when you go in like the old bubble domes and they, it's like real windy there. Right. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of suction. Well, they have to use that to keep the bouncy area inside. So you were punching, you climbed up the alligator's mouth. Its teeth were like the climbing things. And then you had to punch through the back of its mouth, like through the the throat to get in there. And then it was like a slide and more climbing stuff. And then you could get out by going out the alligator's butt, which Duke just thought it was hilarious. And it was, it was I mean, it was a butt flat. <laughs> it just, it was huh, very silly, very silly stuff. Did you get into some, some edibles before you went down there? No, I did not. It was just, that. that's how... It's a wild alligator. <laughs> that is wild quite the inflatable. Quite the description of the inflatable. Uh, but yeah, the, the, Duke, Duke, I mean, that was that was me saying it nicely. But Duke was like, "Yeah, Grammy, we got to climb out an alligator's butt," <laughs> which is just oh, stupid, silly. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, John here. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad we're getting close to some game action tomorrow night. We need to move past last week ASAP. What do we think the odds are that DJ is out for a long, extended period of time? Do you think people in his camp could be saying, hey, take it easy, protect your draft stock? I'm just not sure. We'll got to go talk to you later. No, I don't think that it's that situation going on. Um, maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm proven wrong, then I'll, I'll own up to it because I'm just guessing here. But, no, I don't think that's going on. And uh, I don't think you're going to see him against Vanderbilt, though. Uh, maybe, maybe Gonzaga on Saturday. I don't know. Uh, Roush, I'll just be – I'll 
I'll see DJ when we see him, and I'm not going to worry about it until we see him. I'll just assume that UK is going to be without him. It's not a very great team without him. It's a it's a solid team. They can win some games without him. They haven't, but they they could. Um, they should beat Vanderbilt without him. I, Gonzaga would probably go down to the wire without him. Shouldn't, but probably would. And when he comes back, he comes back. But I'm I'm not going to do like the every game will he won't he. I just I, I'm not. If people other people want to, that's fine too. Yeah, I'm frustrated. It's it's more injury frustrations, which I totally understand. But I like we wouldn't be having conspiracy theories about DJ Wagner rumors or whatever if Kentucky was still winning basketball games. That's win basketball games. Those don't happen. A lot of just win. We we want to see wins. We do like wins. Where do we think UK drops today, everybody? I, I'm I'm hoping they stay inside the top twenty. I'm thinking maybe they're at like nineteen. I was gonna go sixteen. Wherever it is, just you know, let's let's hope it's not out of the top twenty-five. That would be too drastic if that were to happen. But just remember, wherever they get ranked today, just do an exhale. As bad as last week was, this is where we are now, and you can all it takes is just a two and a week. You're going to climb up a little bit more. You get another two and a week. You're going to climb up a little bit more. And before you know it, not crazy to think Kentucky could be back at number ten, and and things can you you can work your way back up. Normally, it's not always as bad as you think it is in the moment. And once the dust settles, you can you can regroup. So we'll get to the regroup today. Uh, it does stink that it's like a must-win game against Vanderbilt, but you really cannot afford a loss there, but you shouldn't lose. So you win that one, shake some of the dust off, and then you can get back to another fun atmosphere in the Gonzaga game on Saturday with them coming to town. So let's take our last break. We're still going through the grab-and-go texters. We see them. We'll get to them. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kale. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, Monday edition of the show. We appreciate you tuning in. We need the basketball around these parts to be a little bit better. Roush, Who's going to be the next offensive coordinator for football? At least football, everything's been hunky-dory lately. They'd never let us down. Never. Never let us down. Um, I bet we get a name leak tomorrow. We'll probably have a hire by Friday. Um, that's my guess. But, yeah, it's, it's usually – like, I love um, how these, these go because we're so used to them, right? Like, it's kind of a normal thing, but – if you've forgotten, the timing is we give out about five or six names as soon as it happens. Take a couple days, then you start finally hearing about some candidates. And I don't think you heard about any candidates because they were busy hosting recruits all weekend. Um, a couple of guys that I thought were going to show up did not, so that was a little disappointing. Um, you know, I was expecting some commitments going into the week, but then Cohen leaves, so that part sucks. 
Uh, what's kind of cool? Did you see like Wandell and Chris Rodriguez and all those guys back? That was that was kind of cool. Yeah, nice of the basketball team to to waste all the stars being in attendance. There's a lot of big names: Patrick Tim Patterson, Patterson, Tim yeah. Couch, Travis Perry. Could have used him a little bit. Maybe yeah. his defense. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, no, most years you'd be like, no, probably not. But this year, may, maybe. I don't know. Couldn't be. Couldn't be worse. Couldn't be worse. So, uh, yeah, no. There's a lot of lot of people at Rupp Arena, and uh, no no commitments though. No. No, probably. I mean, I just didn't expect any with the, the Cohen news happening. So yeah, we're gonna be uh, probably get Friday news dumped this week, and we'll learn who the new offense coordinator is, and we'll get a better idea coming up. But I did, I, I did like that uh, Bruce Feldman also was on the same page with Luckett regarding Faulkner, the Georgia Tech offense coordinator, who worked with Brock Vandergriff at Georgia, was really good at Georgia Tech last year. So there's there's a lot that would make sense there. So just uh, a name to keep an eye on. Uh, TJ, did you did you watch the, the Grammys last night? That's what everybody's talking about on social media. No, I did not watch the Grammys. I couldn't think – like I would much rather watch wrestling than watch an awards show. So uh, I, I saw the Tracy Chapman uh, fast cars with the Luke Combs, and that was, was like, oh. This is so awesome. Let me turn it on and see what they're doing. And it was just a bunch of stuff. I was like, "What? What? Who are these? People? Like, like I know I know the people, but I don't know what they're talking about. Like, and it's some Billy Eilish song that I've heard because it was on SNL, but they all sound the same. Her, she's like, huh? like she's just got like a brooding sadness to all of her songs. Uh, that was the one award I saw that one. Um, but the bigger thing that I enjoy, I enjoyed the drama outside of it because. Uh, Taylor Swift, I don't think she won anything, but she announced a new album, so she's got to stay in the headlines. She won. She won something. She did. She okay, won yeah. best album. Uh, but she's it. She did for well, the fourth she's got time. Another one. Fourth time. Cooked up um, in April, and people are wondering, like, ooh, tortured poets. Um, the her boyfriend say that her exes say that they have a group text called the tortured exes. So is that a shot at them? Uh, that was funny. Also, can somebody explain to me why Killer Mike got arrested? I think he hit a fan or something. He hit somebody and it was recorded. So it was just basically like, we have you on tape doing it. We've got to book you for this. And so, like, since it happened at the Grammys, they just they got him after he had he won his award. Won his award. That, that's just what I saw on social media. Oh, that's annoying. Like, did Will Smith get uh, taken out after he slapped Chris Rock on stage? He should have, right? Yeah, I don't. Can't, so, yeah, where's the equal equal rights? That's that's a good point. Right. I, I, I guess the only like award, if it's movies or something, and I've seen them, but I, I don't know. Like I, I can see who wins the next day, and I don't care about dresses, and I don't care about performances, and. I don't care about speeches. So, no, it's definitely not yeah. catered to me, obviously. I, I'm not an award show guy either, but I also – Scoots, I need you to look up Doja Cat, D-O-J-A, Cat. Um, her her attire for – and, you know, like celebrities, they, they, they dress in some weird stuff. And um, I, I've seen Doja Cat plenty of times before. She's pretty attractive. Um, she, 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 she had her nipples out. They're, well, just a little bit of them, though. I know, but I don't like. Is that is that a thing now? Are we doing? 
Are we just getting a little nipping? It's weird, right? Am I am I wrong here? Like, is this that's supposed to be fashionable? It's just like I know the like maybe you have something that's see through. That's becoming more of the thing. But this was like, here's the tops of my nips. I mean, look, I think it's called the I think it's called the areola. Oh, okay. Look at her, Roush. You you don't think she's weird? I mean, that's she's like the perfect candidate to do something weird. Her name is Doja Cat. Exactly. Yeah, and I didn't realize she got face tattoos too. And that, yeah. Um, I, saw, I like that one song that she did with uh, SZA. I really enjoyed that. And I guess she's just kind of uh, gone off the deep end. She almost dated uh, Dave in the show. Remember, it was a fun episode, <laughs> and it all fell apart. A uh, texter on the Thornton text line says, fellas, what a wonderful basketball week for the Kitty Cats, LOL. Yeah, um, suck it, Louisville fan. This is your one time to gloat, which <laughs> was very funny. When- this person just texted in after any loss. They've been doing it since, uh, I mean, they've been doing it for years. What a loser. Uh, uh, just, was- uh, just a year. Just okay. a year. Yeah, I was very amused though when my we were driving home yesterday. And my dad's like, "Huh, Louisville won a basketball game." I was like, "Wait, what?" They, they, it sure they did. did. Rupp kind of Rupp kind of had that like empty high school gym, but like everybody's having a good time sort of feel to it. Like they they were they, it was a wild atmosphere for the for the thirty people that were there. Almost the exact same score as your all's game, which I thought was weird. Did they UofL score 100 points? It was, I think, 101 to 92. Your all's was 103 to 92. Oh, good for UofL. Yeah. Uh, and, and was Sky Clark out? He was, yeah. And my buddy was like, if if Sky plays, I'm not so sure UofL wins. Because Ty Lohr had to play, and he was uh, he did some good things, I think. I think that's going to be your talking point on Rutherford today. I think he had 29 and 11. Yeah, I want to say it was wow. the I want to say it was the first like 25-point tennis game in Louisville history. Texter says, Ricky P must have heard TJ on Friday about the NCAA having no teeth. He's spot on. I feel like this will be one of the big moments in documentaries 20 years from now. What, the Tennessee stuff? Or what, did Ricky P have an NCAA argument? Uh, I didn't see that part, um, if so. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it either. The, but um, it, it is a big moment for the NCAA. They're doing the playoff meetings today in uh, Bay. I, I also like it is funny that Ross Dellinger is just like the Greg Sankey. Like, whenever he needs to get something out, he goes to Dellinger because him and Petiti both basically just said, like, yeah, if the NCAA doesn't get it together, we're, we're taking this, this, you know what, over. So, um, the we're we're inching closer to that, that breakaway. Uh, but the playoff meetings will happen today to solidify the format now that the Pac 12 has dissolved. Because I think it was just speculation, but now it's like, all right, today they're going to reach an agreement on how it's going to look next year. Yeah, it seems like we're we are inching closer towards football being one thing for the colleges, and then everything else being something else. We'll see. Uh, Texter says on the Thornton sex line, grab and go. Texter says I think over ninety percent of BBN is done with Calipari. Yeah, I don't think that that number is accurate. I do think the majority of UK fans just would be okay with something new at the end of the season. But I think the majority of UK fans just wanted this to end in a good way. Like the yeah. way that I think that the as much as it was rocking and rolling early on, 
Roush, I think people just wanted this to have a ride off into the sunset moment and you don't want it to get weird or awkward where you feel like you got to push somebody out the door like it happened with Tubby or that you kind of want something different, but you don't want to be mean about it. And that's kind of where we're, I think that's where a lot of people are at. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to this is a transactional type deal where we'll do the cow way. We, we bought into the cow way, even though it's different, but it gave us some results to be happy with. And that, that hasn't happened as of late. So yeah, uh, I, I understand being, you know, same story, different day and, um, without, there, without the end of year success. There's people on the football side of things that, that would like something different than, than Stoops, not because they dislike Stoops or they think that he's done a horrible job or anything like that. Uh, just, a college coach going over 10 years, getting closer to 15, well, that's a long time. That's yeah. a long time. And sometimes it's nice just to have a shot in the arm, get somebody fresh in, does things differently. Remember when Cal took over at UK and, and he was tweeting stuff out and it was new getting to like know their family and stuff like that? That can be fun, but I also think the majority of this fan base, not all of it obviously, but I think the majority respects Cal and, and likes him personally and they don't want it to be ugly, and they don't want it to be awkward. Still time for that to not be the case, but uh, if this season doesn't have a March run, I don't think I'm going to be calling for Cal's head or you being like super vocal. I don't think it'd matter if I did, for what it's worth, but I, I think I But I also would be all right yeah. if, if things went in a different direction as well. So but we'll see. We'll have time to talk about that. We'll, yeah. Let's see how the season plays out and what we're feeling when those things happen. It's tough to predict that stuff. Uh, Dylan Ballard, I thought, had a great wake up this morning. Hopefully, he's listening. Great guy. Best voice in radio, according to Scoots. So, to think fans who want the first five years of Cal are unrealistic, it was an historic run. I think the fans who think the last five years are acceptable here at Kentucky are unrealistic. They ran off Tubby for us. We got to be somewhere in the middle. Cal can do that. Please go do that. And that's – I I think that's a great summary because I know that it's not going to get – better than that 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 five year like it's it's hard it's just it's asking too much but it's not asking too much to be better than what what has happened and it it sucks the fact that like we, we we thought this would be a we'd be going down to the wire with these big games in february deciding who's going to win the sec and it, that just looks like it's off the table now kentucky's now 45 to 1 like it, it's just not yeah, it's not going to happen, and it was pretty clear after the the Florida game, and then the Tennessee game was just kind of a nail in the coffin there, and that 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 does stink. Um, and the expectation for the new coach, by the way, like will be to win the SEC. That 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 ain't changing, and that's the thing that that's why I don't worry about people that are like, oh, he's he's totally ruining the program. No, he's not. Whenever the new coach comes in with the way the transfer portal is, Roush, I'll be expecting big things the following year. I'll be expecting Mitch Barnhart, who I do not want to make the hire, but he will be making the hire. I guess that's not a guarantee. We don't know when this is going to come. And it's probably not going to be after this season, folks. I, I, know, I, would, I, don't, I would guess it's Mitch, though. Mitch is like, he's squat. it feels like he's not, he's getting comfortable instead yeah. of the opposite. <laughs> Sadly, you're, you're right. And it probably will be Mitch. But when, when he makes the hire his first call is going to be Drew. And I think I'd be all right with that. Like, it's not my first call, but I wouldn't be mad if that guy ends up being the head coach of UK. He's won a national championship at freaking Baylor. Big blue Drew. So 
Big Blue Drew is going to be UK's next Hell head coach. Yeah. Not, not Scott Drew at Baylor, but Big Blue Drew is going to be the next head coach. But whenever that day is going to come, whoever the next coach is going to be, whoever it may be, the expectation is still going to be, hey, you, you need to go to Final Fours, and you need to win SECs, and you need to win SEC tournaments. And that's not going to change even if Cal's here for another three or four years and things keep moving in the wrong direction, which I don't think is going to happen on any account. But that being said, the UK's program's in a safe spot right now. It's, it has not been cheapened. It has not been dirtied up. It, it's not, well, we just want to get past the, the first weekend now. No, we want to Final Four with this group, darn it. And anything short of that, I'm, I'm not going to be happy about. And it seems like a far way off after this weekend. I get that. But there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Uh, is that all the grab-and-go texters, I think? If if you text if you're grab and go texter and you text again you may knock yourself out of the line for no, what it's worth. There should be two more TJ. Well, yeah, but I don't think the 748 one would be a grab and go texter. We were done with the first segment. Oh, that. that's true. Yeah, I'll send it over. Oh, it's Kirby. We'll read it. Going into <laughs> Tennessee, we knew nothing. We knew without DJ, we had little to no chance. We play the game, we lose. It's a complete meltdown. Me included. We lose to UNC Wilmington without him. What did we think would happen versus the second best team on the schedule? And we all picked Tennessee to win on roll call too. There was like this doom and gloom reaction. But what I just I think people hate losing. People aren't going to be happy about it regardless, Kirby. And it's just a little later in the game than it was in December with UNC Wilmington. But no, all fair points, Kirby. And I'm glad we read that text. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we did too. Lots of text on the Thornton's text. Another so many, one. So many. Another one says, the issue I have with Tennessee did that stupid level screen to get three-point shooter open, and they have done every game since Barnes has been there, and our defense acted like no one had a clue what was going on. Yeah, again, it's another game, and it, this is this has been a more negative Calipari show than we'll probably normally have on a roll call, but when's the last time you've watched a basketball game and you said, you know what, Calipari, he totally outcoached him. Calipari's had good coaching games. That's not to say he hasn't. He's had games where I've appreciated and thought he did good things. But when has it just been like a master class where he, what Rick Barnes did to him on Saturday, he did to another coach? Well, and Rick, Rick, Rick's got his number too. And, and again, it, you it, know, it annoys me that Cal's like can be so nice to him, and I'm like, guys, don't be friends with him. He kicks your ass. Cut it out. And he's got a winning record. It's like nine and eleven. It's not like he. It's just like twenty and five or something like that. But it's unacceptable. It's yeah. Rick Barnes has this. He's got a stink about him as a coach. As somebody that always chokes and comes up short. And he's the dude that's coming into your place and, and dropping a hundred on you while you make zero adjustments time and time again. It 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 was a, it was a bad night for Cal on Saturday. And I'll say this too. And I'm not. This is like this kind of borderlines on being mean, which I definitely would not want to do. You need to take the questions in the post game, and some of your answers are bad answers too. He had a, you know, talking about the defense and talking about the rebounding and talking about the out of bounds plays. He he was very player blaming. Not that he put total blame on the players. He brought it back to himself. He does a good job with that. He's been in the media. He knows how to handle that stuff. But Cal, if your guys still aren't figuring it out, that's on you. You like don't don't tell don't tell us the answer is. You know, they've got to stay disciplined. Why are they not staying disciplined? Like, why is it that it's a current and constant thing happening right now? And don't just strictly blame it on the players. Why have you not been able to get it through to them to stay disciplined in that stuff? So, 
Uh, and he's got to do his questions. I understand a dog is totally a part of the family, and there's nothing worse than when a dog is sick or not feeling well or you're moving on from a dog. But you, like, we can't do the Job. dog stuff. We can't do yeah. the dog stuff anymore. Nope. It's that like, gosh, I mean, and, and, and it's card like and Cal. Admittedly, shame on you for like making people have to get to that point where it's like, hey, man, we 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 can't have you use the dog as an excuse anymore. It was a tough weekend for Cal. It's been a tough week for Cal. We love the dude. We hope he can figure this stuff out. It's important that he does, in our opinion. He's got the pieces. He's got at least the offense that can score on anybody in the country. We're running out of time. We'll have all week to talk about it. We'll get to your text the best we can tomorrow. Keep them coming in. Have a great Monday. This is Kentucky Roll Call and Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. See you.